When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. Sharpie, how's your uh, last two days been, man? What a whirlwind in Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, you know what? I used the word yesterday, and you guys have talked already here in a short amount of time about this, and I still feel this way on Saturday morning. Thursday night was so deflating. Yep. I mean, I'm, mm. I, I, I think if you're a doom and gloom person, mm. I, I got no time for you. That's the first game. I saw enough that... I'm in it for the long game with rule to see, cause I, it's not immediate satisfaction that there were some things that are different that I saw on Thursday night, but to play that way where you can play so much better and still have an opportunity against a Minnesota team that I think is exactly who you are in 2023. It was just yeah. really, really deflating. Um, and that's why the curiosity like really starts to peak on how rule handles Thursday night and what it does a week from the day when they play Colorado. So I don't know. It, it was, it's great to have football back period. It's just, it's one of those, if you've been around here for a while, that was a gut punch that I don't know if there was a point in the fourth quarter where you could solidly say, Oh, Nebraska is going to win the game because we've all been through this. And, and, and I wonder if even some of the returning guys were like, all right, can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it? And it didn't happen. Gary, do you think that the way that that game ended with the collapse at the end, do you think that's that's forced Husker fans to, to change the perception of the game? Or do you think that should be the, the perception of the game, if you follow what I'm saying? Because I think there was some improvement in a lot of areas. But at the end of the day, everyone's going to talk about how the game finished. And, and should that be the the top takeaway from the game, that Nebraska yeah. found a way to lose again? Or, or do you think the takeaway should be, you know what, Nebraska, probably everywhere except wide receiver and quarterback, did look better than they did last season? Yeah, I think that's the balance. That that's I, here's what I said yesterday, guys. I think you can't you can't judge Thursday night and not include everything we've talked to leading up to that. Where the starting point is in this program, where the the skill level is, where the development, where the players are, like things that we brought up as concerns, or we brought up and went, man, that's pretty good. Or you listen to what Rule said during camp, outside of Jeff Sims, where they pushed all their chips into the middle. And his, his arm actually, I'll get to Jeff Sims in a bit, but I, I think you have to go back and you have to use that as a starting point to look at Thursday night's game. And so there's some good, there's some bad, and some ugly. Um, but I, I think there's, there's subtle things that they did that look like, okay, here we go. This area could help you. But then compared to others, it was like, oh, gosh. Because, guys, I will tell you right now, and my opinion hasn't changed a couple of days later, Nebraska is in trouble offensively. They got some major yeah. issues on offense. Now, the, the the skill at wide receiver, the ability to separate, go over the top, those things have been there. But man, they got that that offensive line. That offensive line doesn't look any different than it did last year. And one particular guy took a major step back in Turner Corcoran. Okay, and and I'm glad you brought up Corcoran because, and you hate to call it out. No, you know but, what? Stop, stop, but, Mark. But, we need to, we need but. to, we need to, we need to fix this, okay? Because he's one of the highest rated recruits that Nebraska football has ever yeah. had, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And and there's been a lot of patience with him, 
and we think that he's getting closer to being the guy that we expect him to be. He just simply got beat by football one-on-one the other night. That can't happen yeah. when you've played that much football. And so, and, and to quantify what you're talking about, there's, there's a, a, a unit called pro football focus. If you're not familiar folks that grades everybody and it's a little controversial. Some people are like, ah, it's good. Ah, it's not good, but it's a, uh, wow. And we just had like a weird loud fire alarm <laughs> thing happening here at the uh, hotel. There is no fire. We are safe. Everything's going to be fine. Um, but so pro football focus grades each individual position and provides a grade and Turner Corcoran. I thought I, th- I had to kind of like rub my eyes, but like, well, hold on a second. Am I reading this right? So he rated literally, and, and you, it's like one to a hundred grade, which are similar to like, you know, grades back in, you know, grade school and high school where it's like, if you get a 70 or something, that's okay. You got like a C, yeah. if you got an 80. Wow. Pretty good. 90. Wow. You played lights out, right? He, I've never seen this before. He graded a zero, like a zero in pass protection. Like, so Pro Football Focus evaluated basically saying, uh, you know, uh, uh, nobody there would have been as effective as somebody, a zero. That is, that is really hard to do. Um, That is so concerning. Like, is it the end all be all? Did they maybe miss something? Is it possible to get his? He literally got a zero on pass yeah. protection. You, you, yeah. <laughs> like, what? well, there's a there's like, a there's a there's a play early in the game where the defensive lineman comes across his face and uses a spin move, mm-hmm. and it's almost like he'd never seen that before. And and that can't if if he's a freshman or a redshirt freshman. I can go, okay, he just hasn't played much football. He's somebody that's played a lot of football, and then it's tied into the Nebraska needs those guys to be good, and they were not good enough on Thursday night. Even my guy who I think is going to have a big year, Ben Scott didn't have a great game. So it was just – it was you know what, it, guys, what it looked like? It looked like two teams playing on Thursday night that that was their preseason game. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was bad football in that game. I mean, there was a lot of bad football. Um, yeah. and, 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 unfor- and unfortunately for Nebraska, Minnesota found a way in a bad football game to make winning plays at the end. Now, there are some good things. I, I think the defense gives you hope, and I need to apologize to Ed Foley because I thought the special teams were darn near perfect. But that offensive, yeah, line, that offensive line and the rest of that offense, I mean, Jeff Sims beat two teams on Thursday night. He beat Minnesota with his legs. He beat Nebraska with his arm. <laughs> one one quick point I want to make on Corcoran here because I do want to come back to the, the defense of Corcoran. He does need to be better, being the highest rated recruit in in Nebraska, not history, but a recent memory at least. And I look at it and I go, that is a guy that has been. I mean, he's played left tackle, he's played left guard, he's played right tackle, he's played right guard. He's been moved all over the place. No coaching staff has ever quite found where Corcoran belongs, and you feel for a guy like that that's just been shuffled around throughout his entire Husker career. But at the same time. As you said, he wasn't getting beat schematically. That's one thing. Whenever you're making mental errors, that's one thing that's correctable. He was getting beat just physically, as you laid out with the spin move, with the power move. It was just a guy that did not look physically prepared to be playing on the Big Ten on the lines of scrimmage. And I think that's what was most concerning about Corcoran. And, and you hope that Prohaska is able to, to get back from the injury and keep some semblance of health because 
I don't think it could get worse than what we saw from Corcoran at the left tackle spot. Elsewhere on the offensive line, I think there was progress running the football. Pass protection wasn't perfect by any means, and maybe that's why Nebraska decided to go with the running quarterback because, hey, we're going to uh, need to have a running quarterback based on how we feel our offensive line's pass protection is going to be. It wasn't perfect, looked marginally better, but I do think the, the run blocking looked better from the offensive line as a whole. Well, uh, yes, and see here, they, they'd love to run between the tackles. I'll give, and I know Marcus Satterfield, and I, I have questions about him before even Thursday night. They were really creative in the run game, especially when they had to rely so much on Sims. Now, Jeff Sims a month from now ain't going to last if he's running the ball 19 times a game because he got bumped. He got bumped uh, some couple of key times. But what they were able to do in the run game, like maybe it was just the quarterback centric. I mean, they ran the triple option. They ran quarterback power. They ran quarterback follow. They ran some unique things they designed in the run game. But they don't want to do that. They want to run between the tackles. Guys, all you had to know is they had Gabe Irvin as a lead back for the quarterback. That's not a good sign if you're the five up front. I mean, what does that say to you if you just can't run the football with your running backs? Um, so they've got to fix that between now and, 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 and really the rest of the season because they cannot have Jeff Sims. There, there was too much Jeff Sims. That's what I'm trying to say. But in yeah. that game, it hit you pretty – it hit you in the face of, okay – we are a little bit discombobulated on offense, and he's the only thing we really have going consistently. So run, Jeff, run. And, you know, for a while it worked. But it's they, just they, – go ahead, Srini. No, I was say they, I think, made a determination in the life of that game saying uh, this is how it's got to happen for Nebraska to have a chance to win. So they just rode Sims. Uh, and uh, when it comes to play calling and decision-making – Gary, you, you can't be afraid to throw the football because you got to have some balance. But in the same sense, uh, do you think Sat was shocked? I know Nebraska fans were like, eh, especially after that second interception. But there was fear on that final drive with with the, the prospect of having to make a throw uh, to complete a pass to, to get into field goal range. And, and it ended up biting Nebraska with another pick. Well, so he is he is the guy that they pushed all their chips into the middle of the table. Right. We've all said, God, three years at Georgia Tech. Everybody you talk to Georgia Tech, he's going to be a dude. He'll be able to run the ball. He's going to punish some people. But his decision-making is out the window. And the coaching staff, led by the head coach, said, no, 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 he's different. Even his teammates said, you know what, he's throwing the ball better in camp. I, I was just – and I probably shouldn't if you think about his time at Georgia Tech – Guys, that looked like in the passing game a first first time quarterback from the decision making. Yeah. Okay, I, I think there's some arm strength there, but the oh, fact, yeah. the just the pure just the pure decision making and the one on one of being a quarterback, I had no idea that that was going to be an issue because that last play, so they come out of that timeout. I think Jeff Sims was staring at Marcus Washington in the timeout. Yeah. And then they walked back to the huddle and he kept staring at Marcus Washington. And then they <laughs> went to the line of scrimmage and he was staring at Marcus Washington. And then the ball was snapped and he was staring at Marcus Washington. And everybody in the ballpark knew that he was going to throw yeah. the ball to Marcus Washington. How does that happen? The guy is in his fourth year. That's a major between the ears mistake football 101. And everybody read it and you threw right into it. Now, Moving forward, he's going to still have to throw the ball. 
with wide receivers that are having trouble getting open, getting off yep. of the initial line of scrimmage, they cannot. And this is this is for Jeff Sims' benefit. That they kept going back to guys. You remember, you can't ask him to throw over the top of the linebacker to an under underneath a safety. He can't complete that pass. And in the passes that he was able to complete, it was a little bit of quick game. Okay. And if that has yeah. to be the way Nebraska operates in the passing game, I'm okay with it. Is is quick game, get it out, get some blockers downfield, and try and pick up 7 to 10 to 12 yards. Gary, this quarterback yeah. race felt like it was done during spring football with Casey not, not making it in the spring and then eventually being, I'm not sure if you want to call it run out of town, but Matt Rule, from our conversation with, with Charles Thompson, made it clear that, hey, if I were you, I'd transfer. I think you can read in between the lines there if you're, you're a, a quarterback, what that means for you. Revisionist history, looking back on that, do you doubt that decision now that you've seen Jeff Sims in one game, or is that too small a sample size for you? Well, okay, so two things. I'm, I'm sorry to bring this up. Two things got me triggered after this game. One, curse talk, okay? And then the other about, well, if Casey Thompson, <laughs> if, if Casey Thompson was playing, Nebraska would have won. Okay, was Trey Palmer playing? Hmm. No. Okay. Did you need for the quarterback to run? Yes. Okay. That's... They, they, and, 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 and you know what? And I like Casey and I, and I kind of get what they did when they got here. They wanted their guy, but he, that's the first test of rule with the fan base is they went all in on Jeff Sims, like Jeff Sims. He's not being benched unless he gets hurt. They went all in and his first game, all of us went, Oh boy, that guy looks not in anything different. That's that. That's a problem you have to fix. But is it Jeff? Sim- guys, moving forward, what do you believe? Is it Jeff Sims fixing fixing himself, or is it Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield and the rest? Because Sims is the kind of quarterback that needs the running backs and the offensive line and the wide. He needs he needs all the other pieces instead of winging a game on his own. Is this become a case of we've seen one game, we know what we have, we've got to design and operate to help the quarterback instead of the quarterback yep. helping us. You no, nailed it. You, no, yeah, you, this. It's it's a hundred percent it, Gary, because it is it's it's really clear you have a couple things uh with, with Sims where you're right about him locking on a receiver, which is an easy thing to say, I think. And I think some people say that even when it's not true, but in this case it is a hundred percent true. Like yeah. and, and if you go back and you look at his Georgia Tech film, same deal. I mean that yeah. that's just who he is, right? Like he locks on a guy. He's pretty accurate. It's not like he's totally inaccurate. He's got a strong arm, but he absolutely locks on a guy. So how do you hedge against that, especially with a unit that, you know, has a tackle that registers a zero when it comes to pass protection? Like, that's not going to be your thing. Just admit it, right? Rule in the postgame was saying, oh, we got to let Sim spin it. No, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't, dude. You do not have to let him spin it. You don't. So what you need to do, and of course, we had this all figured out. <laughs> but, but, but truly, truly, your best shot, your best shot, is to show restraint, keep it on the ground. The only time Sims throws is play action, or on a run pass. You just don't do those things. <laughs> Yeah, yeah about the yeah, last froze, 10 froze seconds of your question froze. I think the, uh, the the Wi-Fi at the old Hilton went down for just a second. Yeah, damn it. Oh, what do you do? Well, it was basically saying what Sims needs to, it, it needs to be show restraint offensively, 
keep it on the ground even when your play sheet says that you should you know open it up and and really limit sims passing situations to to hard play actions in that way be a jamal lord right <laughs> like that's the stuff that worked for lord was hard play actions tight end deep that's the that's the extent of your of your passing game yes i but but the the passing game is kind of interesting because you guys talked about with brandon uh the 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 usage of the tight end i mean one of them could have had a tight end and borkature wide open that goes back to the sims just just field awareness um i i don't know what happened with the tight ends um you know fedoni took 39 snaps he had zero targets all four of us that we could have never imagined that the problem with wide receiver is they don't have anybody to to blow off the top well they they do but it's not ready yet malachi can malachi did on one snap he came in and he did get loose downfield but oh oh, and and that's true and that's and and that you bring him along but if i'm in that wide receiver room they had to bring tommy hill over from the defense to try and blow the top off okay that's not good but they also have a problem this isn't new guys and 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 I I I I, I cachet this with Marcus Washington didn't play in the first half, but when Marcus Washington was out there, Sims was a lot more comfortable in the passing yeah. game. Is they have trouble with guys getting off the line of scrimmage. Minnesota was winning a lot of battles at the line of scrimmage, so those yeah. wide receivers were not getting separation even to get downfield just a little bit. I mean, look at Nebraska's lone touchdown was basically a bust. Okay, where it turned into a wild oh, yeah. and wacky play. Um, so they've got to do something in the short passing game to basically help themselves, okay? Um, and then and then Marcus Washington is going to be your guy moving forward until you get those freshman wide receivers up to speed. Who are those guys that can run go routes and you say, Sims, just throw it up, and look at that, Malachi is down there. So they've got some things to figure out in the whole passing game because they've got some limitations that I don't think are going to disappear anytime soon. Um, you know, and I think, I think Ramir is a weapon. I think Ramirez yeah. is a is a he's kind of a utility guy that is going to need to have more touches in the passing game. It's just it was a discombobulated offensive night, and I think things went wrong for Nebraska on offense. And then Satterfield and Rule didn't know how to adjust. And then also, I thought Nebraska had trouble with the clock rules. I thought there was a lot of confusion a lot of times on the sideline during the offensive possessions on who's in the game, how much time is on the clock, what are we doing here, and thus. You had penalties by guys who are in the program for a while that are the most consistent guy in camp like Piper. And it just, it was a mess offensively. And thank God the defense gave you hope. And it did. To me, it gave me hope. I, I, I think Nebraska's, if there's a major takeaway from Thursday night, is Nebraska has a competent defensive coordinator. Tony White knows what the oh, hell yeah. he's doing. Yeah. They're, they're competent, Sharpie, in defense after one game reaction they're competent after one game with special teams it's really what can that what can that offense become and how complimentary can they be is it going to be one of these seasons where you got to hold a team to 13 or 10 and you got to be able to score 13 or 14 or 17 which that sounds pretty big 10 anyway (laughs) but uh, you're just hoping with the the athleticism that you have can match uh, maybe more of a high-powered expectation, and, and there's a long way to go with that. Sharpie, I want to get your take on what next Saturday means. It is Deion Sanders' day is prime and company, two hours away from kickoff mm-hmm. in Fort Worth. It's important. It's nostalgia. 
it's fun. It's Nebraska-Colorado next Saturday as we'll all be out in Boulder. That being said, uh, it gets pretty do or die for the Nebraska outlook. Do you agree with that take for 2023 if they don't get out of Boulder, at least with a win, and start yeah. the year one and one? Yeah, I, I mean, 0-2, oh you know, I, I mean, that would, that, would, that, that would be a little uncomfortable. But, but I think here, here's now what happens uh, for next Saturday in Boulder is what have you done in the meantime in the teaching moment? See, here's, here, here's why I'm not I'm – de- I'm deflated. I'm disappointed. I sh- everybody should be pissed off because that was an opportunity to win a football game on the road and Nebraska wasn't able to close it out and they weren't able to do things in the fourth quarter that Rule had preached. But I saw a guy at the end of the game, guys, and tell me if I'm wrong, a guy that loses a one-score game that I think sitting there didn't have the deer-in-the-headlights look, and he had sure. it figured out right away of what ailed them. So this becomes a Matt Rule week where he's got a teaching moment because he's now dipped his toe for the first time in this one-score loss, this close loss, these deflating losses. And he's got guys in that room that are like, oh, boy, here we go again. But Coach has been preaching. We're going to – so this is a big week for Matt Rule, teaching moment to get them ready to go. But I think you'll see – I think they'll also figure out who is the best players to have on the field. Um, defensively, they're still going to play a lot of people. But I think offensively, they will whittle down the amount of guys that they have out there playing. And I think you'll see a different approach when they go to Boulder. Um, I just, you know, I think they're going to, they're going to, for a while here, they're going to have to rely on that defense to give them enough to keep them in the game. They're nowhere near the 0-9 defense. But I think this defense by the end of the year will at least be 5-6-ish in the Big Ten, maybe a little bit better because you can tell they have been, they've repped well. They've done very good film study. Um, they tackled better for a first game Nebraska team that I recall in a while. There's a lot of yeah. things on defense and special teams that I think while your offense tries to find their shoes, I think gives you hope. But they're going to have to they're going to have to play a pretty spotless game out in Boulder, regardless of what CU looks like, because you don't want to go two games where you're really, really clunky, especially after everything you've talked about during camp. So that that game has a ton of intrigue. And, and I think for the psyche, that game has to – you have to get on the plane in Boulder with a, a check mark in the left column of the win. Gary, if that offense still does look clunky, and, and you laid out the fact that, that Matt Rule immediately following the game knew what ailed the offense, I think most of the state did with the three turnovers. And, and I, I'm not, I'm not uh, making fun of you by any means. I think that's, it's deeper than just turnovers. I think there's some element of, of needing to, to put Sims in <laughs> positions where – he can be his most successful. But if, if the offense is still clunky against Colorado, do you worry about Nebraska being the 2023 version of what Iowa was last year and that your defense is going to have yeah. to keep you in every game that you play and your defense is going to have to make some plays if you yeah. are going to go win? Yeah, we're, we're making fun of Iowa City in the drive for 325. Is there going to be a drive for 325 in Nebraska? <laughs> but, but let me ask you three, because I trust your opinion as football guys. Because in my head, I'm like, I, in my head, I'm thinking, why was how was rules so off on Jeff Sims? Well, I watched that game because he he doubled down on Jeff Sims numerous times, and it's the decision making that really gets to me. That I just I can't believe some of the the post snap judgments that he was making. But you three are really good football people. Your audience trusts your opinion. Am I overthinking this? That between. Thursday night and Saturday in Boulder. Why not roll Jeff Sims out of the pocket? Cut down yeah, half the him. field for him. 
Dude, yeah, move, move him, him, dude. It's yeah. Get his move get his him leg and play action. Move him and play action. Yeah. And that's I just it. Run past Nothing option else. him to death. Nothing give me a else. tight end. Give me a, give me give me Ramirez somewhere. I can dump it off for five. Give me a tight end that can get open over the middle. And Schmitty froze up here, and uh, we'll see if he comes back or not. As there's about five, maybe. <laughs> All right, <laughs> pick your favorite four, and 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 go. Yeah, Robert, yeah it really is. Sorry, but it's, that's my thought. Find guys and and let him move and 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 use his legs. And guess what? His athleticism can and will take over. He's shifty. He's powerful. He's fast, and it's, he can he can tuck and and go and pick up twelve. It's 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 the same thing that. I think staffs here have struggled with for a long time and it's being what you are versus what you want to be. And I think of all the offensive coordinators that have come through here, Tim Beck was probably actually the best at, and everybody hated him at the time too. Everybody hates the offensive coordinators no matter what, but in hindsight, he, he wasn't trying to be something they weren't. He was just like, this is what we are, right? We got some, got some decent receiving talent. We got a quarterback that, eh, make some questionable decisions. So they kept the game simple for him. They didn't have him stand back and try to carve up a secondary with multiple reads. You just, I mean, if that's not what you are, don't do it. And by the way, if, if, if you're going to do that with Sims, if, if you're going to run him and people are worried about, Oh, what if he gets hurt? Well, look who's backing him up. It ain't Joe Montana. It's Heinrich Harburg. It's Chubba Purdy. And guess what? Those dudes are also basically better runners than they are throwers, right? Like, that's what you are. Just admit it. <laughs> Go with it. Yeah. Embrace it. Be different. Right? You know, you've tried for a couple decades now to, to be this, like, NFL factory or whatever. You've, you've put exactly zero quarterbacks in the NFL. You've put, like, four receivers there in 20 years. Like, quit mm -hmm. optimizing. Well, this is what the pros the, the kids, the, the recruits won't come here because they want to play in an NFL. You ain't putting them in the NFL. They, they don't come. They, there's nobody out there that's like, God, finally Nebraska's doing that pro style where I can, that's my direct path to the league. No, you ain't going there. You, you might make it despite what Nebraska's doing. Like, you, you, you need, yeah. And, and let's also look at the Big Ten. The, for some reason, the Big Ten doesn't necessarily embrace the running quarterback much like Nebraska has in its illustrious history. It allows you to be different too. You can be different. You could admit that you're not going to pump a bunch of dudes into the NFL and you can maybe, I don't know, win some effing games, right? Like I just, I don't know. Mark, it, with all that in mind it, though, it doesn't seem that hard. It doesn't seem that hard to me. I, I just, I just think they're making it harder than it has. Mark, to. with all that in mind, what's your take on Jeff Sims having 19 attempts? I know a couple sacks in there inflate that number a little bit, but 19 rushing attempts for Jeff Sims. What's your reaction to that? Is that too much? It's a little high. It's a little high. I think you, I think you knock about five. A off little high. It's, it's a little high. I, but I, but I don't think it's terribly high. I mean, he's, McCaffrey he's, thinks McCaffrey thinks it's a little high. He's dude. He's six four two thirty. Like he can take a, a, he's not some, you know, delicate flower that we're talking about. Elijah, it's just you and I. For now, they're going to come back here in about three. Five? Oh, don't we? 
Oh. We got the frozen thing going on. We're back. Sorry. So take about five runs off of his tally, right? And add about five to the to the tailback tally. Right? Give give Sims twelve to fifteen runs a game. Make sure the tailbacks get a lot more than they did uh, in the in the last game. Who 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 is that running back? That's another question from Thursday night. Is does no, who is Nebraska's number one running back? Grant, but he needs to go Tiki Barber in his in his ball carrying style, right? Like he needs to be like like the program. He needs to be walking around campus holding that damn ball, right? He needs to uh, he he needs to cover it up more or something. But between he and Irvin and and Ramir, you got enough there. And even if you're only getting three, four yards, that's okay. Milk some clock, punt it deep, hey. play field position, be what you are. I, I thought, I thought Matt Rule did not do Anthony Grant a favor for Thursday night. First of all, Anthony Grant is still that guy that wants to bump it to the outside, which is bit. one of the reasons why they've been upset at him. But if you go back, man, and 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 and. And I thought Wally of Minnesota made a really nice play, okay? Mm-hmm. But you know why he was going for that kind of play? Because the head coach said two weeks ago that the reason that Anthony Grant wasn't the number one running back is he can't hold on to the football. Yeah. So what do you do if you're Minnesota? You're like, hey, when 23 is in the game, he's <laughs> trouble prone. Yeah. You, can, you, can, you, can, you can strip him. You can punch it. I mean – I don't know, guys. It was. It look. There's just a lot of things on offense, from the Omar Brown interception to what do you do. I have no problem on the first play taking a home run shot, but then what are you doing on second down? Because right. then on third down yeah. you're like, oh gosh, we're in trouble here, and you gave the football right back. There's there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. You can fill up a whole sheet of of uh, Manila paper, um, but there was there was some there was some stuff that I liked that I was encouraged by. But then there were some things that in terms of game management, like that scenario that I just, wow, that's the, that, that, that's, that's the first game of the season. That's what it looked like. You know what? Uh, the, the, you're talking about that, that opening series in the fourth quarter where they're three and out, where it's three straight pass plays. Instead of putting Hill in to go deep, run, run that RPO for me. Where you're running uh-huh. the slant to camp on the on the first down play call, look at me be an armchair a hole. Sorry, but but because that 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 RPO was open that got tipped. That was going to be a, a, a giant uh, gain. Uh, but you're you're having to run it on second and ten versus yeah. first and ten. I just based on what what they've seen through practice through trying to get ready for this first game. Do you think they had a good grasp? on what they thought they could do. I know what they called. I know they put time and effort and work into trying planning something offensively from a coaching staff perspective through fall camp and even through game one. Good luck finding out what you're good at and then trying to build around that so you can go get some scores yeah. in both next week because they may not know. if The guy shows you one thing in practice, but here comes the decision-making in the game time. You, you know, if you're Satterfield, uh, you probably weren't expecting that. You respect if you're Matt Rule, you were hoping for better decision making, because uh, it goes without saying that that you, know, you hope the guy doesn't put uh, the ball in danger. So you got um, to be the same guy in practice, and and hopefully it carries over to the the game Saturday. Guys, I think I think what kind of started the rockiness of the offensive, everything fitting together. I think the offensive line not being 
in sync and dominant really threw them off. Good. I, uh, I, I think. Well, yeah. I think. I, I think. I yeah. think. Quietly, they knew that Jeff Sims' decision making could teeter on jumping off the plank, but I <laughs> think they they put the game plan together where they thought the offensive line would hold its own and they'd be able to do some things that when it all of a sudden had some leaks in it, I think then they went into a little bit of uh-oh because then that's when it became the Jeff Sims legs show. So sure. I think that caught them off guard that they did not kind of game plan for. I think they game plan for we think our five up front are going to be at least good enough that we'll be able to run with the running backs and we'll be okay to turn yeah. the clock and do that kind of stuff. And I think they found out right away that that was not the case. Yeah, listen, and I that might also just be, hey, your introduction back into the Big Ten. Like, the Minnesota has been tough sledding for Nebraska going, I mean, almost the whole time Nebraska's been in the league. Like, they have competent defensive linemen. Yeah. They have really good players in the secondary. They're, they're not an easy team. to. The only time Nebraska's done anything against them offensively of note it was really what 2018 uh when frost got his first win and you schemed a couple yeah, of huge runs for a, yeah. yeah you schemed a couple of huge runs for a zigbo where he was wide open but that was kind of it too right and he had a, a couple long martinez runs but they're they're tough to go against right and i think that's part of it also is and and you, you know maybe they like maybe they thought their offensive line would be more done but that's kind of the that's kind of the big 10 and that's kind of minnesota in particular like it's tough sledding and well, so you have to they're hard-headed and stick with it, yeah. even if you're not getting the results you want. You got to keep making hay so that it opens up on the floor. Adding to your point, Mark, you know we we we, we debated all off-season of it, man. It's great to play Minnesota in the first game. You know, it's actually for Nebraska. Minnesota is probably the worst opponent to play in the first game. And this, again, I think these two teams are very similar. I think that is a quick lane bowl team that Nebraska lost to Thursday night. That's a seven-win team. They've got they've got some issues. If Nebraska wins a game like that, if they if Nebraska plays the role of Minnesota and wins at the last second, Nebraska's yeah. still in jail in Hennepin County because they would have stolen that victory. <laughs> Minnesota Minnesota got the victory and they got out of Dodge. Okay, they said thank you for coming. We got a victory. Whew, we're one to zero. But I think adding to your point, Mark, Minnesota without a preseason game in college playing game one is a tough team to play because they hit the snot out of you. I mean, yeah, they, they hit. hit you and they thump you. They're not yep. as talented as they've been the last couple of years and, and, and not like the 19 team. But, boy, there is one thing that is constant across P.J. Fleck in his seven years is they will thump you. They will hit you. And I don't think in their first game there were certain guys that were ready for that physicality right out of the gate. They're going to be ready for that because that's what this program is building to, but not night yep. one when you haven't had a preseason game and that's the first opponent you play that doesn't look like you and they smack you in the mouth right away and you go, whoa, what's going on? Hey, hey and give Nebraska some credit, though, too, because they did also. Nebraska was hitting. Hey, and that, hey, that was that was evident. And, there, and, there's, and look, dudes on, there's dudes on the defense that are hit stickers. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. Like, it was it was a pretty, pretty even match, right? Like, pretty even matchup. But I thought, too, even Minnesota offensively uh, – they had to execute – I mean, they had to make incredible plays to get to through, right? I mean, the, the the catch in the end zone was a fantastic play, right? Even even defensively when Grant fumbled, that was a – that was an excellent punch on the ball, textbook. Like, they they had to 
they had they, they couldn't just sort of line up and beat Nebraska. <laughs> you know, they yeah. couldn't. They had to they had to have playmakers make exceptional plays in order to eke out a victory. So Nebraska can at least take some some solace in that. And by the way, Gray Woman in the stream had uh <laughs> had written something pretty damn funny. It's up a ways. <laughs> she, wrote, she wrote, know when it's time to get out of Minnesota. The game was two days ago. Unless you're hostages, it's time. An important point, Gray Woman, if you yeah. haven't been Gray listening. Woman, we're, we're seeing Pearl Jam yeah. tonight. Then Pearl we, Jam is tonight. Yeah. We make, okay. we make a run for the border. Yeah. And then we're, then we're leaving. Okay. Fair then point. Then we'll be in Boulder. For, wow. Fair point. You're yeah. going straight gonna, from Minneapolis to Boulder. You guys got a great life. <laughs> well, and, and you know what we could do, by the way? You know what we could do is go Maybe Washington and North Dakota connection. State today at U.S. Bank's. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah, okay, now we're back. Uh, Eastern Washington and North Dakota State are playing at U.S. Bank Stadium today, too. That's a, It's possible if we want to go watch that. And, uh, you know, watch North Dakota State, which hey. plays exactly like what we want Nebraska to play like. Hey, Schmitty, when you said that, he looked so excited to go see another football game this weekend. <laughs> he was talking about it yesterday off the air. I heard him. He's like, you think anyone wants to go to this one with me? Like North Dakota State, Eastern uh, Washington. No one does. No one does. We're just going to watch. <laughs> you you hey, go ahead. I'm going to watch Dion, hey, man. Hey, speaking yeah. of, you you brought up North Dakota State. That's another thing. Like, this is where the balance of deflating is. Man, I saw what the, I saw what the end goal is supposed to look like, but yet the real result looks too familiar, is that game actually was so Matt Rule. It was very methodical. It was, it was, hey, here we come. This is what we're going to do. Um, there were, like, elements that I was like, okay, that's what it's yeah. supposed to look like under Matt Rule. But not yeah. to get the result that you wanted. It just is that's – the, that's the deflating part of opening night when you had it in your grasp, a golden opportunity. And just once again, the, the wild stat that is out there. And, and, a, and a good friend of uh, uh, mine and, and I know interacts with uh, you guys' show, uh, Stu Manji. On Twitter, Eric, who has all kinds of stats, he tweeted out a stat on Thursday night, well after the game was over. Rule is the third straight first-year head coach to lose his first game by one score, and two of them have been on the last play. Yep. Oh, Jesus, right? Mike yeah, Riley, Riley with and BYU. Matt Rule. <laughs> yeah, Riley with BYU, and then yeah, yeah. Wow. Go ahead. We're getting really good at it. Nebraska, I mean, if nothing else, we all know how to deal at this point. We all know how to cope. And, uh, you well, know, so that's sure. I mean, I, sure I we do. Guys, I would, I, w- I would have never thought that you're up 10-3 with about five minutes to go and that by the time the game ends, Minnesota would have scored 10 points. I know. That, that was that's sooner magic-esque, right? I mean, it's Keith Jackson mm-hmm. down the sideline for them to score that many points, 10 minutes and, or 10 points in three minutes with that offense. Against a, a defense that had been playing really well for Nebraska. Yeah, I, I really wanted to see Tristan Alvano because I thought what I thought when Nebraska got into Minnesota did. territory, I, I thought they're gonna they're gonna squeeze the clock and they're gonna set it up and Alvano will step in and he'll punch in a field goal from fifty yeah. yards or so. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he, he was practicing it, and they and the, and the assistant coaches were yep. clearing out room for yep. him. They're like, hey, stay away from Tristan. But, but prepares give, to give, give credit yeah. to Minnesota. They made winning plays, and the Greek missile did on third and fourth down. Because remember, I also thought they're done when they got the third down penalty that moved them back. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, wow, this is actually – this might happen. But 
I mean, Hartzog won't want to see that on tape anymore. And the kid, and Jackson made a great catch and even better slide in the foot. It's just Nebraska didn't make winning plays. They they didn't they didn't make winning plays throughout the course of 60 minutes that they wouldn't have had to worry at, about mm-hmm. the end. And that's a lesson that this coaching staff is going to have to learn to with the guys that are here of how you put that all together. But you know, good, bad, the ugly. It's game one, but you can't let Thursday night beat you next Saturday in Boulder. Amen. If you do. Then, then we're going to have a heated discussion around the state on talk shows on Monday morning. Yeah, Gary, that seems to me to be yeah. a, a fitting place to, to end the Husker talk. Anyone else have anything else they want to add? Because I want to get Gary started on high school football last night. Millard West upsets yeah. Omaha North. The parity in Class A seems to be just uh, at an all-time high right now. And I want to get Gary's thoughts on, on what we saw in the Friday night action last night. Yeah, that was an impressive win by Petey. They went over to North and beat him on a last-second field goal. I will tell you, Millard South shutting out Elkhorn South 33-0 also caught me off guard. I And, and Carson Ronner, the quarterback for Elkhorn South, who is just a tank, got injured. But mm. I can't recall a Guy Rosenberg team being shut out. Millard South, Ty Wisdom, he's in his second year, took over when Andy Means retired, came from Arizona, came back to Nebraska from Arizona. Um, they, got, they got some good things going at Millard South. But at the end of the day – and we get it Friday night, Omaha West Side and Bell West. I don't know who's touching West Side. They're not yeah, going to yeah. get complacent. Yeah. They are loaded, and they don't. They they every week they try and get better. That'll be a great game Friday night. But you're right. There there's at least I think there's West Side, and then there's a, a middle of the pack where there is some parity. Yep. Yeah, okay. Um. In Class A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, if we were to do a journal entry on this uh, Husker situation. Right. If we were to do a journal entry at this point, I think it would probably be just to put a bow on this game. It feels like the program is in better hands. There are a lot of things to like. Yeah. You see some good physicality, but man, you got to figure out your offensive identity. And that's going to take some time. Yeah. That'll probably take, you know, they, they, they just, they just saw for the first time what they actually have in a game situation in the Big Ten. And it's going to take them a little bit. They, they need to figure out who they are identity wise but that's kind of it right everything else seems competent or okay so you can put your pen down who are we question mark dot 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 yeah. dot dot dot, yeah. dot like if you like mm-hmm. really uh that's it you just got to figure out your offensive identity right and admit who the hell you are <laughs> just admit what it. can you do well, you're, well you're, next saturday next saturday having a full game of marcus washington will greatly that was big help yeah Yep. Sharpie, enjoy your football weekend, man. Thanks for jumping on with us. Good to get caught up. Hey, you want you want I, me to talk to Eddie? What do you want to hear for the encore? <laughs> I, I saw Pearl Jam at Wrigley Field a few years ago. You guys are in oh. for a great treat, treat. They they just play, man. I mean, they've got such a huge catalog. They just play, and they are great in, in uh, person. Um, so have fun. Great job, guys. I've really enjoyed all your coverage here around uh, Minnesota. I love the Twin Cities. You know, I went to my first semester in college was at the U of M. It was oh, just cool. too big for me or I would have stayed there. Uh, so it's always – and then working for the Twins. It's always been a place I love. Um, so great it's job great, on your coverage with uh, all three of you. It's great so town. If you, have any, if, if you have any wrecks on uh, sports bar football watching today as we matriculate towards St. Paul, we would love to hear them. We need a Gary. Uh, so you're going to the, you're going to the uh, XL, right? To watch. Yeah, uh, it's the, yeah where the wild play. Yeah. Okay. Uh, have you been to Red Cow yet? I went with Searles a couple of years ago. So I'm going to name drop like yeah, a loser. Take, Sorry. <laughs> take uh, take uh, take Cranach to uh, Red Cow. 
Sharpie, I, I burger, can't eat fantastic burger. I can't okay. eat any more meat. I had an eighteen ounce. We had Murray's last night steakhouse. Have you heard of Murray's oh. Steakhouse downtown? Oh. It's oh, my, yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm still miserable. I want to no, go die somewhere movie. because you because you guys were at Lions Pub right next door. Yeah, yeah the exactly. Husker Bar in downtown. Yeah, so Murray's yeah. is fantastic. It's it it can be a little pricey, but it is well worth it. They yes. they take care of you. But those steaks, yeah, you immediately go into a coma. They actually have a room where you get to take a nap before you leave. <laughs> they should. They should. No, where was that? And then, and then, and then hey, really? hey, and then when you cut through the steak, and it's just, it just, it just slices perfectly. Oh, we literally, they, yeah, we got I, the I, butter I'm knife like, steak for two. There's a butter knife steak. And that's their, that's what they call it. Yeah. yeah, that is their signature item. Yeah, it was. Look fantastic. at you guys. I know, living it up, man. Living it up. Hey, Lion, Lions Pub, they they do it right, as you were there yesterday, Schmitty. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Did you uh, did you see some of the pictures of uh, former professional wrestlers? Yes, I posted I, I posted the Baron on Twitter last yeah, night. Yeah, so he's from Omaha. Yeah. He is, and, and he's, he's doing the claw, and I sent the picture because it was an autograph picture to Babbers. Mike Babcock's the, uh, hmm. the, hmm. the, the, the – pro wrestling aficionado he loves pro wrestling so i had to send him a, send him a picture of the claw last night <laughs> Jeez. it's in yeah. the back room yeah as you go into the back yeah. you've got the baron you've got rogier uh i think you have terrell newby and then there's um another couple of pictures of, of nebraska players oh faulty they got a yeah. they got a tribute to sam Fultz, which is really cool it was really interesting yeah. talking to the uh, to the owner too about you know they're they're, make, they're making the decision as to whether or not to to make it a Husker watch site, and as they kind yeah. of thought through, because a lot of different programs wanted them to, and he had to turn them all down. It was just funny listening to like why he would turn down a few of the fan bases. It's just like <laughs> oh, th- this was, was great. So He's like Nebraska fans love to get it going. They'll drink a lot of beer, and they're always even if they lose, they're good good people. And then he was talking yeah. about you know maybe another program that wears red that. Man, they come in here. They want to break stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just wild, right? Yeah. And then, a, and then a program that wears black and gold. They're like, yeah, no, they're just old. It's kind of old and don't really, you know, commit to it. Oh, it was great. So in Nebraska, yeah, they decided as soon as Nebraska went in the Big Ten, they're like, oh yeah, sure, yeah, we'll we'll accommodate Nebraska here. And based on all the fans build it up. And I, I will I will just stump for this too. I haven't been to a lot of Big Ten uh, venues. This is the first. I think it's the first one I've been to now that I'm thinking about it. Um, yeah. Wow. That's weird to say out loud. No, no. Been to Ann Arbor also. Sorry. But as far as like Husker road trips are concerned, dude, Minneapolis is great. It's a, it's a great city. Yeah. It, the, the campus is awesome. You got light rail that you can take. You don't even need to deal with cars and all that. Um, you don't have to rent a car. You don't have to do Uber. And then the campus itself like yeah. in in the the stadium, like their their stadium is more sturdy and significant than their program is. Like it's a nice, big, <laughs> good, legitimate facility, right? And you're just sort of like, yeah. man, it, it just feels like Minnesota could be so much bigger if boosters or anybody cared, <laughs> right? Charlie, yeah, I know, I, mean, I, I, know. I, I know they I know they care. It's just you got to remember that they know their place in a professional sports market where they are Vikings, Vikings, twins, gophers. And there's sometimes more attention to the 
arena across the street from the football stadium, Mariucci, for the hockey program than there is for the football team. Sure. Yeah. Last last thought here on on just the Minnesota experience uh, with our with our friend Ray next door. Just kind of hearing his take on the Crystal Christian Leitner era here. Uh, the uh, the the uh, the nickname of Tequila Tommy for a former Viking quarterback. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. some of the some of the the uh, E True Hollywood story behind the scenes. You know, the, the Tommy Kramer era. Yeah, Tequila Tommy. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah, they hey, hey, when they were when they had it going, man, they had some characters. There's oh. there's a lot of stories like a Scott Studwell, yeah, back in the day of, of John the Randall. Even, oh yeah. Yeah, hey, hey, you know what? I mean, the the Vikings are huge. I I, I went to a couple yeah. of, I've never seen them at US Bank Stadium, but I saw them at the Metrodome and it was uh it was a good time. Yeah, yeah. Good city. Hey, good road trip too, because direct flights. You know, if you want to do a flight, it's just Allegedly. I like it. I'll, I'll be bad thinking this is going to be kind of a regular, you know, whenever Nebraska's up here, it's it's easy, it's close, and it's there's a lot more to do, you know. Hey, can we can we uh, can we honestly say that next year will be the first time Nebraska football in a while has a as a normal home opener or normal opener? It's not going yeah. to Dublin. It's, gonna, it's not yeah. a conference game to start. It's not week zero. As of right now, it's UTEP to start next year. Well, but now Oregon and Washington got added to the mix, so God only knows what they're going to do for I, 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 the schedule I know. there. Next thing, next thing you know, knowing Nebraska's luck, Nebraska will end up opening with USC next year. No, no, no. In Vegas. No, no. Listen, listen. What's what it going to be? On, on a Tuesday. Nebraska on the road, UCLA. I'm calling my shot right now. That's how Nebraska opens the season. On the road against UCLA. Big noon kickoff, and then USC is going to go, and they're going to play at Penn State a night game to open the season. I'm calling my shot. Ooh. What is this? What is this? Four straight years Nebraska's begun the Big Ten on the road. Is that right? Yep, it's no fun. The, the Big Ten is going to want one of those four teams to have a home game in the first week of the season. They're going to want it to be a helmet game, and they're not going to send the likes of Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, some of your college football playoff hopefuls on the road to go play out there. So who are they going to send? It's going to be Nebraska. I'm calling my shot right now. Hmm. Right. I like it. I don't want to go to L.A., though. I'd rather go to Eugene or Seattle. LA is ridiculous. You know, I don't know. If you all had to pick, where would you go? Do you want to go, go deal with let's LA? Go to Oregon. Let's go to Oregon. Oregon's pretty good. I, see, I'd go Seattle. Like, let's go Seattle. Um, where would you go, Gary? You know, Eugene, Eugene and Seattle were great trips. I don't know. I, I, you know, we haven't been to the Rose Bowl in a while. And the Rose Bowl looks different from the last time Nebraska played there. Um, I just don't want to deal with the traffic in LA, though. The traffic is just—it's yeah. the Rose Bowl. Two hours actually, to get anyway. I actually, I think all four trips are pretty good because I—I wow. mean, we need to wash the the bad taste of the uh, what is that? The O is it the O six game? Yeah, the O six game against USC oh. at the Coliseum. Yeah, mm. that that was within striking distance, and you know they just kind of burnt clock. I think I, th- I think Nebraska moving forward, they'll make two trips to the West Coast. So every year you're probably going to Los Angeles and you're just going to swap USC or UCLA. And then I think every year you're going to Eugene or Seattle. Mm-hmm. I could deal. Pacific Northwest is the best. And that's like the best part of the whole country. I mean, outside of the 
ridiculous, you know, they, there's some social issues happening up there. But in terms of actual scenery, actual scenery and stuff to do, awesome. Don't get Mark talking about this smack in Seattle ever again. Oh, man. That led to some great hey. fans. <laughs> hey, did you go to, uh, hey, did you go to um, the game in Eugene? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, yeah. and the, you and the granolas were everywhere in that town. That town is a trip. So, like, it's kind of like imagine that town, Dundee. That town is on a trip. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, exactly. Imagine Dundee, like the Dundee area in Omaha, but it, it, every other house might be a weed shop or it might be a bar. Like, people just turn their houses into weed shops and bar. you're just walking down the street. House, 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 weed shop, but it's a house. Places weird. And then, and then you go to, uh, and then you go, oh, dude, we had a, we tailgated. There, there's a brewery there called Ninkasi, which is really good beer, by the way. Ninkasi Brewing. They retrofitted a garbage truck. And that's like their tailgating thing. It's got taps coming out of it. You can, there's a deck on top. Like that's a thing. And they, and they do that all. Yeah. It's and the, and the facility there, by the way, looks like the death star. The yeah. thing is crazy, which doesn't fit the rest of the hippie vibe. It's, that's a, it's a great place to go. Great place to go. They don't have the stuff in the big 12. No, they no. Don't. <laughs> no, you can't even get liquor at grocery stores in the half places in the big 12, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. It's right. true. That's, that seems like well, a on, on, on that note, we'll uh, we'll say good luck and God bless what? Coach Prime, and yeah, let's yeah. see if uh, Nebraska Colorado can live up to the nostalgia. And that's what I want to get Gary's take on. Aside from uh, Colorado TCU, what games <laughs> you watch, and do you have any margaritas on tap in honor of Jimmy Buffett today? One, uh, one What's margarita Jimmy Buffett day. Oh, well. Uh, did you hear the news? Do we need to? Do we need to tell him? Did you not hear what? the news, Mark? Jimmy Buffett passed away last night. I did not hear. Ah, well, uh, so sorry to be the bearer of bad news. That sucks. Damn it. Damn it. And Bob Barker just died, too. Yeah, they're having a hell of a party upstairs today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think so. There. Bob Barker, Bob Barker is already there, and he's enjoying life. And he said to Jimmy Buffett, come on down. <laughs> is that what happened? Probably. I don't. I don't have any sources. <laughs> but I'm just imagining that that's what happened. Hey, Gary, if you get any uh, sources on uh, the activities of of, uh, of heaven, you let me know. That's uh, that's a moneymaker okay. right there. Hey, I know you guys are talking Colorado TCU. I'm very disappointed in Elijah because Elijah's on top of this. How come you haven't talked about the great CBS 11 a.m. game tomorrow? Who's that? Rutgers Northwestern. Oh yeah! Bring My it. dear God, CBS hey, is good. All of us sickos, let's get together. <laughs> all right, I'll buy the first round. <laughs> hey, Rutgers and then you have so you had Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Ohio State, Rutgers Northwestern. Welcome to the new Big Ten, where there are a lot of conference games, or two or three on opening weekend. That's what's yeah. going to be. That's what's going to be like moving forward. So back to Elijah's original theory. Maybe that's what 24 looks like. But, man, Nebraska needs a normal opener for once. Yeah. Make it on a Saturday. Make it week one. Make it at home. How's that sound? Is that too much to ask for? Whoa. That's crazy. All three. All three. Sharpie, enjoy your weekend. We appreciate you greatly, man. Thanks, guys. Safe travels back home. We'll talk to you next week uh, in Boulder. All right.